can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Funny. So I I listen to I re-listen to our podcast that we did on your show. And oh. it was really good. It was really good. Actually, very I'm like, wow, I actually sound like I know what I'm talking about. I love to make my guests <laughs> so happy. That's my number one goal. <laughs> it, it's uh your your podcast. So let me start from the beginning here. Um where are you originally from? I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, born, born and raised. Born and raised in Philly. You, um, so like, what was the, like, you know, where did you start having this interest as far as media was concerned and film and all? And, and cause you've got a, you, you're, you, yeah, let's start there because there's a lot to go through here. I've always had the urge to perform since I even, I think, knew what performing was. Mm. I would watch movies that I love, movies that my parents would introduce me to, like Mel Brooks, uh, lots of Ooh, Mel Brooks. When Mel I was a kid. Brooks, my favorite. Yeah, Mel Brooks and Disney movies. Uh, and I think I learned acting through Disney villains. <laughs> I just love them. And then uh, when I was, I think it was maybe like uh, 12 or 13, uh, there was no theater at the school that I went to, but I went down uh, Avalon, New Jersey um, when I was a kid for summers and they had a theater program there. Mm. And I was like, wait, you can actually like be these characters. And they were doing an mm. audition for Wizard of Oz. And I was like, I want that Wicked Witch role. I want that role. <laughs> So I really, uh, I went ham on the audition and apparently this is what the director told me afterwards, which I learned a lot of show business lessons that summer. Um, <laughs> the director's like, oh, you had the role, but you were going on a vacation for a week. So you were going to miss rehearsal. So we didn't give it to you. So I was like, oh, first lesson of like the available <laughs> situational <laughs> acting. My. <laughs> so I learned a lot of things that summer, but like that was uh i did not play uh the wicked witch of the west but i went on to play like evil stepsisters mm. uh, miss hannigan was like when i was 14 like that was the role that really helped me um lean into character acting and and comedic acting and uh you know a lot of people have the story of yeah whatever i wanted to do you know i i took lessons i did this but like i never did any of that oh my parents were very realistic is what i would say right. and uh they you know wanted me to go to school for college for like something where i could get a job oh but, that sounds familiar yeah <laughs> so i wanted to go to like to nyu to learn acting but i ended up going to uh LaSalle university in philadelphia to learn about communications because hmm. that's so similar right yeah no yeah but you know what it did it um it taught me time management. It taught, gave me technical skills. You know, I mean, I skipped over high school, but in high school I did the theater, but I was also behind the scenes. Hmm. So I was like a tomboy and I would like build the sets and like hang out and just generally maybe not do work most of the time, but just like right. hang out. Uh, so I've always been around it and it's always like been in my blood. So it's not something that I could ever st see myself stopping. because It's hmm. always been a part of me. It's funny because I feel like 
so many of us are like i think uh us creators storytellers or whatever you want to call us i think the name changes every year we're content um, creators right now that's what we are I think. oh is that what we are i guess yeah. we create content now not i used to go to south by southwest where they announced the new term to, to call people so you know oh, okay. so, um i i feel like this it's either one or the other, right? You either, you either came from this family of artists and, and people fell into that way, yeah. or you came through the opposite way where your parents were like, no, no, <laughs> you should get something that's going to earn a paycheck. And so you kind of backdoored it in college to uh, like, with you know, oh, sure, I'll take uh, advertising, you know. It wasn't even that. It was like uh, I was my parents went to this school and I'm not like bad mouthing the school. I did right. learn things, but right. uh, they were like, here's this program. You could learn to be a weather girl. That's what they said to me. <laughs> you could be a weather girl. Wow. That must've made your day. Oh, it's uh, it's a lifelong struggle to like decide whether or not my family actually knows who I am as a human being. <laughs> um, but I've been actively like fighting against it. I mean, mm. I, the, they didn't have a theater program at my school, but I also did the theater activity group and I auditioned for that and did like uh, the executive board for that. I had a television show in, in LaSalle that was mm. broadcast over Philadelphia Public Access TV, which was oh, great. Cool. It was like a fake. It was I hate to, I, I called it like a fake news show. And it's so weird to say that now. Uh, I think we did show. that in like 2005, 2006. Mm. Um but yeah, I always did. And I always leaned into like kind of, you know, news jokes. I loved The Daily Show. Uh, I mm. watched Stephen Colbert religiously when I was in college. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I kind of in my early 20s thought, oh, I guess I have all this education on tech and like broadcasting, like maybe this is what I should do. And uh, a lot of artists and especially younger kids who just graduate school, like here's the thing guys and girls and non-binary pals, mm -hmm. uh, no one knows what they're doing for like that, like first 10 years out of school. Like it's, that's still a whole other education mm -hmm. system that you mm -hmm. have to go through. Um, so I've been really trying to, uh, made a lot of projects, had a lot of failures, had a lot of uh, success. Uh, and I think now in the past like few years, I'm kind of, I know who I am and what kind of artist I am and what kind of content I want to create. Right. Um, and this lockdown has definitely given every artist an opportunity to do that soul searching and figure out who am I? Mm. So how um, long, so how long have you like, um, how long have you been creating podcasts? I have had a few different podcasts in Philadelphia. I podcasted with a famous blog for a brief time called Geekadelphia mm -hmm. uh, geeks. Uh, so I think that started in like 2010. And then I started my own show called the pin cushion. Cause I went by uh, a stage name at the time called Joe Pincushion. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing at that point. In my I was going to ask you about that, but go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, I went by it partially because my family didn't want me to embarrass them. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll take away my name. And I really look up to like Lady Gaga. So I was like, fine, I'll make a name for myself too. Um, so I went by that for like five years and mm. like people didn't even know my actual name. I think 
for a brief period of my life. Well, then that means you were good. I mean, and then I did this show, which, you know, went before podcasts became like the thing everybody was doing. And I was trying to cover politics and geek culture and sex mm. and relationships and like trying just to cater to anyone that would listen to me. And uh, it was a lot of work. It was four different segments for an hour long show. And I did like all the editing and wow. scheduling and interviewing and stuff like that. Um but, you know, it was a way for me to, like, collaborate with my friends, which is how I communicate with humans is by collaborating and making stuff. Right. Uh, people think I'm a workaholic, but it's like we could go out to dinner and we'll have an OK conversation. But like if we make something together, like that's like an intimate thing that I do with friends. Right. That I really uh, I have a hard time with communication and social skills. And when I create is like the only time that I feel like I'm connecting with people mm. so i think that's why you know i'm always trying to do it so i um moved from philadelphia to new york around 2015 and then um you know if you don't live in new york city and you want to move to new york city prepare for like the world to like be pulled out from underneath you at some point yeah. i would say financially <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a a financial suck. Yes, and uh, things got really difficult, and I couldn't create. I couldn't audition. I couldn't really do much um, creative wise. Right. And then in 2017, I was like, oh, I started out with podcasting before. You know, I started acting in films and and really getting traction. Uh, and I don't like stand up, so I'm like, what kind of comedic medium? am I good at and what can I do? And I realized that podcasting is something that's new for comedians and it is a legitimate form of comedy. And it's, I think it's the way that I want to get my message out there. So in 2017, I launched a show called apocalypse now as like a joke <laughs> to um, the inauguration of Donald Trump, but jokes on me. Now I have a, I have to talk about depressing shit every episode. <laughs> well, Yeah. But, I'm thinking of like revamping it after we're all vaccinated. We'll we'll see. I'm still like cooking stuff in my brain. But mm. Yeah, I love it, but um, it's well, very podcast, difficult. Podcast. I mean, that's the good thing about podcasts, right? Is that because I mean, I, I mean, we had this conversation on on your podcast, and not that not that doing a podcast is easy because it's not it's not easy. It's not easy, but. It is malleable, maybe, is a good word for it, where you can pivot things pretty easily if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, like, you can, you know, like, if you, you know, so I'm watching TV shows, right, right? And so let's just say, let's take what Marvel does when they create a new show, right? For them to kind of, say all right we want to take this character and spin a new show off it's a whole production i mean it yeah. takes three years to even get it going you know whereas a podcast if i go if you had a great show with a guest and you go hmm this conversation could be even bigger i want to spin this off to a new show it's not unheard of or like something that's immensely hard yeah and that's exactly what we did with uh the chromatic cast which mm. is um 
a love letter to Lady Gaga that uh, I, myself, and my friend Callie Tripodis, we host that. Uh, actually, this upcoming Friday uh, on March uh, 26th, we're mm. doing a live stream on Twitch, and we're celebrating Lady Gaga's birthday. But it's exactly what happened. Like, I had her mm. on my show to talk about Gaga's new album, and uh, uh, Callie's really great, and I wanted an excuse just to, like, hang out with her and get to know her. And we've been having a lot of fun making this show and getting to know one another. And it's really nice to have stuff like that, especially when we're all in lockdown and yep. we're not able to see each other. So it's really cool that like not only is the show coming together, but like this friendship, this friendship is coming along. And Callie, if you're listening to this, I fucking love you. Um, I don't know if you can curse on here, but too bad. Yeah, you can curse. Of course. Great. Okay. Uh, and I was also going to say podcast, uh, shows are malleable because our audiences are very forgiving and they're right. very supportive. So you can always be like, I don't like the way I do this. Let's change it. And the right. audience will be excited. They won't. Uh, I don't know what it is about. Like if you change a TV show a lot that people would really get angry, but right. something with audio, like they, they're a lot nicer. Yeah. They're a lot nicer. It's, it's just, you know, and, and um, I think one of the reasons why, I love podcasting so much is, um, you know, there, there really truly isn't a limit probably to what you can do on there. It, it just comes down to what you can do yeah. on there. You know, like it's a lot, it's a lot. It's a and lot. I feel for a lot of artists and comedians that aren't, that didn't get that technology education that I did that aren't as savvy as I am. Um, and that's part of the reason why I've been working with independent comedians to help them produce their own shows, to help them uh, get audiences and learn how to monetize and maybe even, uh, you know, grab get clients and get gigs from their show mm. uh because not everyone has the technology or the ability to do that and uh, another friend of mine will martinez he's been running a twitch channel called the Litverse, mm. and it's really been providing a service for bipoc comedians because they don't have the technology or the knowledge of the technology to keep performing live and the Litverse mm. gives them a space to have a weekly show even though the theaters are closed so uh next time you're thinking about uh supporting artists really think about people that you don't have the technology or or don't uh have the ability to do these live streams so i'm really hoping that when everything is back to normal people mm -hmm. will want to uh help support the arts because they definitely need it more than ever now yeah and this was a this was a this is a very this is a very trying time for the arts in in general just from all like especially the live performance space um you know it's just it does suck not having um the ability to i, I miss going to live music shows so yeah. um, and you're missing that audience with comedy like every yeah. show that you watch every interview like late no, late night show that you watch like it's missing so much because yeah. the audience is a big part of the art form and the performance right uh, so I, I'm really excited for those audiences to be back in those seats again, but yep. it's hard be, and, and doing anything is it's hard to plan for the next two months because no one knows what's going to happen. And that's stressful. No one knows. Yeah. So I was looking, um, at 
some stuff here and I I don't think I knew this before. Um, I didn't know you were at um, UCB as well. I trained um, at UCB, never made any house teams, but made tons of friends. There you go. This positive the, comment. I think we were there around the same time. Actually. Maybe. Yeah. I um 2015 2016 is when I went 2016 to 2017. I was there from 2015 to 2017. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's like a lifetime ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. I know. I was I was doing a, the math. I'm like, what? Has it been that long? Yeah. And yeah. It's terrible. It's just terrible. I'm I'm I miss sitting in the writers' rooms. I, I that drives me a little bit. Like. It drives me so crazy. I have tried to start not one, not two, but 10 different times a writer's room online. It sucks. It's hard. It is, people don't want to sit in, on Zoom. No one wants to sit on Zoom. No, and I, I don't. Do I, it doesn't feel right. You know, like there's a certain amount of, um, there's something, <laughs> I said this to a friend of mine once. I, I, I think, um, Maybe like in seventeen, I was. We were in the writer in this writer's room, and we were, we had been there for like I want to say four or five hours or something like that. I was I, I so I, my friend came to meet us, and I go downstairs, and he's out on the, on the sidewalk, and he's he's like, "What's wrong with you?" I go, "That was one of the funkiest rooms I have ever been in in my life." I was gonna say I miss sweating with a bunch of people in a rented, but I miss that rehearsal yeah. space. It just you know An overpriced not, rental rehearsal space. Overpriced rental, yeah. And that's New York City, baby. That's <laughs> we know how to overprice everything in rental spaces, even more so. Yeah, I mean, even um, businesses like that, I find it hard to believe that they've uh, survived during this year mm. of not having any clients. So it's like. How is everything going to be restructured? Right. And those are things that we talk about on my podcast. Um, and I'm hoping that we can get those answers so we can talk about some other stuff. But so, um, so you know, so you're podcasting, you're producing a lot of content right now. Um, I was, I came across, um, in Meza, Meza Morta. Yes, that is a concept for a web series um, that I wrote in 2016, it's and we made that in 2018. It's, Thank you. It's absolutely fascinating. That is, uh, I mean, at first I was trying to turn it into a four-part web series, but now uh, I'm hoping to flesh it out into uh, an actual like horror anthology series where we mm. can do like a pilot uh and write out a full half hour series so uh it's still a little bit new i have to like i think we all need to sit back and like wait and see what happens after all this like mm -hmm. starts rolling again as to uh where the state of the world is because mesomorta is just a commentary on uh, misinformation it's also on how women are treated in the industry uh mm. how i feel like i've been treated in the industry and it's uh, a lot of things are changing and there's a big opportunity for us to change and the question is are we just going to go back to our old bullshit <laughs> i think that is the biggest that's the big question for like 2020 and and what's looking like part most of 2021 um, has been very, there's been a lot of, 
social change or a yeah. lot of social action happening, which, um, I mean, from a race, from sex, from to religion, to I mean, it's just, it's like a treasure trove of, you know, things got to change. I'm, you know, how, you know, how do you think 2021 has been so far for you? Uh, 2021 is as stressful. I mean, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. I'm getting my second vaccine shot at the end of March. So, mm. uh, I'm going to flex on Instagram so hard. Every, I'm going to do a bit where I'm going to take a picture of me with my vaccination thing. Like, like, yeah, I can do things now. <laughs> um, but it's also in with, I mean, with the shooting that just happened, yeah. I'm, I feel guilty because I'm at a point where I'm just like, and like, I'm like enough. It's like, we've been all we're on the ground and people just like keep punching us while we're down. Uh, mm -hmm. And I hate to say that, especially as like a privileged white person, but uh, I sure would like a vacation from all of the chaos. And I think everyone would mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really like, this is the reality that we live in now. And it's like half of it is, are things going to change or, you know, are we going to have to be living with certain aspects of this lockdown for the rest of our lives, which makes me very nervous, too. Um, so yeah. 2021 is just a question mark in general. Yeah, I mean, you know, 2020, you see now like people are creating like these commercials kind of based on what happened in 2020 and you know oh life gave you lemons in 2020 okay good that's great mm -hmm. um i am you know like i'm, I'm hopeful i'm still hopeful like because but i also understand that um you know the world is so much more complicated than it's been and um yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. I'm just like, you know, it's like one, like as soon as one thing finishes, something else starts up. It's just come on, can and, we just have one yeah. month of nothing? And I also find myself asking, like, even the simple, not simple, but like news stories. It's like finding out about volcanoes erupting. It's like, oh. if I didn't have internet, if I didn't have access to this information. Would I know about it? Would it be stressing me out as much as it is? Mm -hmm. uh, the the internet is definitely, and I've taken, uh, I tell everybody, taken Instagram, I've taken uh, Twitter and Facebook off my phone. Right. And uh, being someone that uh, for a long time, I did social media management as a way to, to make an income and knowing the tricks to it. And like understanding what it does now, like uh, social media is causing a lot of problems within our society. And, uh, you know, in the Internet's great in a lot of ways, but in a whole bunch of other ways, it's like Twitter is like heroin. It's like you're injecting something into yourself that's not good for you, period. Right. Right. But as an artist, you need it to survive, to get your shit out there. Yeah. I'm also very starting to find myself to be very bitter and angry that I am dependent on these platforms. Right. Uh, and when I started doing these platforms like a decade ago at this point, it was completely different and it was a completely different arrangement and agreement. And now uh, if I'm not churning out the kind, like we talked about this before we recorded, I made a reel yesterday that was dumb, the dumbest right. reel that I've ever done. And it got a bunch of views right away. It's like, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't have a certain type of technology, and if you're not making certain kind of content, then we're not going to help you get your message out. 
Yeah. So yeah. we're we found artists. We we thought we were on the internet with like this megaphone that we could cultivate audiences for ourselves, and now we're finding ourselves in the middle of like trying to buy commercial space during primetime television. That's mm. how I feel about it. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. I have not. Uh, you should definitely watch it, especially if you're a podcaster, because there's kind of like a loose theory that this movie kind of spurred the podcasting industry, right? Hmm. And basically, he plays this character, Hard Harry, who he's a high school student. He's kind of like this loner who um, doesn't know how to socialize with people but in the evening he goes home and in his basement basement of his parents house he has this pirate radio station oh fun that he talks people about things and does all this stuff anyway i i'm i wonder you know there was a time when the internet was that it was this you know, the internet is the home for, you know, the underground and, you know, the, the, the cool and the, you know, uh, the messages, the true message, you know, yeah, in like independent right? Um, people that weren't mainstream or anything like that. It right. definitely felt like that. I would say 2003 to 2010. Right. And then somehow, and then the corporation saw, saw obviously, Oh, look at all these people gathering around here. Mm, let's see what we can do to spice things up. Let's create this and let's put our ads here. And, the, and what would you changed. say was the first, um, the first Silicon Valley product that was the downfall of the internet? Oh, damn, that's a good one. Um, I, that's a good question. I, I would say, to be honest, I. I I, I blame everything on AOL. Um, really? Yeah. AOL I, got a lot of people on the internet. Yeah, but they also started making like these side deals with like digital publishers. Right. To, you know, and that's, see, it's kind of like um, if you are fishing in this pond, right? And let's say you're the only one knows about this pond and it gets, has the best bass in the world and you're you're always coming home with food for your family and then one day you invite your friend who's from the city and your friend's like wow this is a great place i I love this place and then the next time you go out there's thousands of people there why because your friend told everybody else to and that's exactly what happened to the internet i think what happened is is that people like these corporations came in, one came in to, and, and became successful. And then everybody else decided everybody in the pool, it's time, you know? It, yeah. Well, they're going to start regulating that. And that's another yeah. thing that's very nerve wracking as an independent content creator. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen once things are regulated? Uh, is it really going to be, I, I would, you know, to think about the answer to that question, I would say Facebook, like Facebook's, yeah, they're, they're up there too. Even with, even while when I was in college and got Facebook, you know, there's this website, if anyone's interested in MySpace and misses their MySpace days, <laughs> there's a website called spacehay.com. 
com and you can basically make a myspace profile uh but you know what's been weird it's like i've signed up for this and like my creativity has increased and i'm feeling nostalgia for like that old internet before facebook because it was myspace and then it was facebook and facebook was like a group for just college kids but like here's the thing i'm going to tell the ladies that thinking back now it's creepy a guy found my dorm room and put a note under my door and asked me out. That's how he asked me out. And at the time I was like, dumb 20 year old Joanna, like, Oh my God, that's so romantic. But now you're like 30s Joanna, like that's fucking creepy, creepy much, Hmm. but like Facebook definitely. And then they started monetizing and then when they started tweaking with the timeline and like only showing you things that were getting them to keep people on their platform. Like that's when everything really changed as a filmmaker. And as someone who, who knows that they always want to make film, I always counted on the idea that my message could get out on the internet Mm because I can learn the tricks and, you know, do the hard work, but, Mm. um, it's feeling a little harder these days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so I was having, so, um, a friend of mine sent me this email, um, like an hour ago, um, and and talking, uh, there was, I guess there's like some online conference on NFT blockchain art stuff, right? which I'm kind of slowly trying to learn, but I, we, you know, we were having a conversation about this and then I looked at him and I said, here we go. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I remember having almost the same exact conversation around the, about the internet back in the day yeah. where no one knew what it was. No one knew how to use it. No one knew what to do with it. Well, no one and, knew what podcasts were for the longest time. Yeah, everyone has one. Everybody has one. And you know, I have this theory that no one seems to follow along with me, but I still say it because I think it's true. In most of the things that we have that have that are dangerous, right? Most of the things, not everything, but most of the things. When you're there comes some type of either A, some type of instruction, or B, some kind of guide for you to use it, right? For all of your electronics, whenever you bought something something had a, had a guide on how to use it. The internet is the only thing that we interact with on a daily basis that never once came with an instruction manual. Yeah, that's never why we loved it though. Once. But we loved it, right? It's the wild west. And 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 I think that was part of the problem is that up front we never got this how to best practices of the internet. And we gave it to people afterwards. By that point, it's mm-hmm. too late. I mean, it's well, kind of like, you know. Like my generation, um, senior millennial is what the technical term for my age group. We mm-hmm. literally grew up with the internet. Like right. I remember not having the internet. I remember not having a smartphone. I remember being in college yeah. being like, why would I want my computer and my email with me all the time? Right. <laughs> Joke's on me now. <laughs> uh it's it's very i'm grateful that i grew up with the internet because i've outgrown a lot of aspects of it Mm. but i i see in people that are older than me them holding on to uh habits on the internet that i used to have when i was like an adolescent 
Mm. you know, really angry status messages or like song lyrics that would maybe give you a clue as to like who I was mad at at that day. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people are, are dangerously using the internet to, uh, and it's, it's not good for them, but yeah. uh, people younger than us, um, they're smarter. They delete posts. They're a little bit more private than we are, which, um, it's very interesting to see a generation react the way that like my oversharing generation has been right. how they're very private and it's like and there's a lot smarter than we were like they have conversations yeah um it, it's i mean the internet is wasn't meant to have an instruction manual i think right. but mm. you know now we found ourselves with people manipulating you know, elections, uh, people spreading misinformation, uh, kids getting bullied on the internet. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed with it too. It's scary. I mean, I was bullied as a kid and if I had, uh, the internet when I was in grade school, it would have been a nightmare because it never stops. Yeah. 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 I can't, I, I, I'm glad that I didn't grow up with the internet. I'm very glad about that, that, um, I had a live journal in high school and that, that shit is deleted. I printed it out and I put it like, it's like in my parents' house somewhere. So <laughs> somewhere is a very angsty. Oh, I had a, a moment in my life where I had a blog roll. Uh, I went to a Catholic school, high school and everyone read it. And one of the nuns actually saw one of the other students reading my blog and they did not like what was the content of my blog. Ooh. So I just remember uh, a nun called my house and then I was like calling a friend trying to get them to delete my live journal so that my parents wouldn't read my live journal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I forgot all about live journals. I don't. I didn't. There's a whole, there are people still live journal. There's a whole uh, community of live journals. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm, I remember trying to get into blogging, but it it didn't take like, it didn't take, you know, because I think no one reads blogs anymore anyway. Right. No, nobody reads. I think I, I was I finally found a blog that I um, that I had on Tumblr or something like that. And um, yeah, I think the last time someone read it was like 2010. Yeah. So no one wants to read anymore. They just want to watch you and skip through or listen. Podcast listeners, they're great because they listen to the whole episode. Yeah. Hey, do you remember? I don't know if you uh, ever saw. Do you remember when Ustream used to have the um, 24 hour puppy cams? No, I don't remember that. Oh but my god. Is it a thing still? I'm I such would a love sad that. person. Um <laughs> no, but there's nothing sad about puppy cams. I used to actually sit there. So Ustream doesn't do it anymore. I mean, they they've moved on. They're kind of like a they're a streaming platform now. They're mm-hmm. a VOD streaming platform. But um they used to have like it was almost like a YouTube type channel, and they used to have this one channel that was live streamed. Um Oh, what kind of dog was it again? I can't remember, but they were so cute. They were puppies. Well, that National Geographic does live streams. You should check them out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I can't because if I do, I'll be on there all day long. Watch puppies all day? That doesn't sound like a bad idea. No, it's, it's probably the best thing for me, probably. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that would probably be really mentally good for you. But I, it just made me wonder: Do have we seen anyone do that from like a human standpoint? Like, is are anyone doing like twenty four hour? Oh, live? there are people like there are like people living in a house where all the webcams in the house are like streaming everything they're doing. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's for Why? adults though. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I draw I the line. You just want to be like a fly on the wall. Yeah. Unless you're like, I can't think of anyone that I would want to watch every moment of their day. I mean, it's I not Truman, the Truman show, you know what I mean? So no, because no. the Truman show, at least they're manipulating his environment so that there's a good storyline. But if you're right. just watching someone watch Netflix all day, yeah. it's kind of boring. Especially during COVID when there's nothing to do. Yeah, that's all they're doing. That's all they're doing is sitting there watching watching Netflix. I'm good. I'm good. Zooming and watching Netflix, yeah. which is what we're all doing. <laughs> so, Do you think there are people that would pay a webcam model just to watch them be on Zoom meetings? Oh, what? Don't say stuff like that. Now you're giving me ideas. I like giving people ideas. I have an <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I think that would be highly attractive to someone yes yeah somebody everybody has now here's the question is this is this person like so if it's like you know i'm working at webmd my team is the marketing team is you know zooming and we just have one one woman in the corner there is like an instagram model kind of doing things or is this you know, because no, I, I mean, like the Instagram model is sitting at her computer, right? Having an actual, it doesn't have to be like a model conversation, just like a conversation. And then there's a camera on the other side watching her Zoom with her friend. Huh. I think, given the creepiness of most people online, yes, they yeah. 100% watch that. They would 100%. It would be talked about on every news channel the next day <laughs> i don't know we'll see maybe i just made a million dollar idea i think you probably it, it's uh it's kind of like you know only was that only fans is it only fans yeah OnlyFans? except not right it's just it's just you know what i mean like it so be an only fans video only fans videos can be whatever they want to be you know, for the longest time, I didn't know what the hell that was. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, hey, she's on OnlyFans making money. I'm like, what the hell is OnlyFans? See, here's the misconception. They don't like, it's not like you sign up and make a bunch of money. Like you still have to make content. You still got to promote that content. It's still the same problem, people. Yeah. I don't, that's what I understood. And I'm like, so you just went to a different platform? Yeah, you just went to, and you just took, yeah a different platform. Okay. Because you show your your um your birthday suit doesn't automatically guarantee you money. No, it it definitely not. And it helps. Yeah. No. I mean, you know. I mean, you know, it is I what it post is. more thirst traps on Instagram. Like, I know that's how I'm going to get my followers. Hey, you know, it's the like you said, it's the internet, and some and. Yeah. And it's just par for the course now. Hey, right? I'll tell you, reels that I do where I'm not wearing makeup don't perform as well as the ones where I am wearing makeup. That's an interesting. 
Really? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. The dumber it is and the hotter I look. <laughs> yeah. I have to, yeah, that's probably true. Like, I mean, you know, people are stupid. I mean, they, this, they're, they're... Like the, the platform is like, I know it's supposed to be visually pleasing. Uh, and the platform has moved towards more of like a share educational content, give people tips. Right. But it's also, you know, you scroll through reels. It's just people redoing. And I do it because it's what, yeah. generates traffic just redo whatever trend is is hot right now yeah yeah i, I ain't, i'm not gonna lie i'm not a i'm on tiktok but i don't do anything on there uh, once in a while but i won't i will tell you it is somehow super engaging i don't know why me flipping through dumb videos of cats talking and the only thing i don't enjoy on there is um I'm not a big fan of anything that has to do with violence or any animals being hurt in oh, yeah. the video, you know? Are they on TikTok? Um, on like, you know, like they'll post like lions fighting each other or no. stuff. I, I'm like, I, I'm good. I got National Geographic for that. Everybody <laughs> says to me like, oh, join TikTok. That's where all the views are. But it's like, that's just like, it's just another person handing me a drug that I don't need. Yeah, I don't know if the views are on there. I don't know for sure. But I mean, I'm on there very rarely. Like, yeah, I've been I'm, thinking about a character for that platform, but mm, it requires me making a TikTok account. See, there you go. And and it's work. So there's I that. used the person to be like, hey, new platform, I'll sign up. I'll try it. Yeah, let's do this. But now it's just, it's exhausting. Because <laughs> in like three years, is TikTok going to be the big thing? Nope. Probably not. What happened to Snapchat? Exactly. Exactly. Instagram stole that format and then Snapchat went away. Yeah. And like, as long as Facebook is around, no platform is safe. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can, you, cause they're They've got more money to pour toward the solution than you do. Yeah. And the question is, you know, are, we going to and i say we i mean like people that make laws are they going to break up facebook are we going to regulate facebook and are yeah. we gonna you know what does that look like what does that mean i think of like you know um the the tycoons back in the industry in like in the steel industry right. and they had to break things up it's like are we getting to that point where these huge Places like Google and uh, Facebook basically own everything. Like, are we supposed to break those up? I don't know. Mm. These are all uh, history I, just repeating itself, honestly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it's the, this is the, uh, the telecom companies of 1970s, you know. Yeah. They eventually broke them up, and then they brought them back together in some other form. So mm. it was kind of like, you know. It, if they break up Facebook, I don't know how much I'll be crying for it. I'm, I don't, you know. It's I, terrible. Yeah. A lot of angry people on Facebook. I, I I kid you not. I never imagined that I would have to ban people from my page, friends of mine. And that was the one thing that did come out of 2020, which was me eliminating a few people who I thought I knew and didn't. So... It is what I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's happened to all of us. Uh, we're all seeing, and social media also 
does only show us like tiny portions of our personality too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you gonna put out there? Uh, I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> but like, I can't get away from it. Follow me on Instagram at jo pincushion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you um, also, like, you know, to be on a more positive thing. Uh, you know, I was looking. So the reason why I brought up the Mezamorta is that uh, you you have a um, you have a sense of humor. Which and like a like a stylized sense of humor. Um, who were some of the people that you kind of looked towards as besides Lady Gaga, obviously? But yeah, you know, it, <laughs> I mean, I was raised on like all of Mel Brooks movies. Um, Monty any Python. Favorite? Uh, I Young Frankenstein, hands down. Good Gene job. Wilder. Uh, I, as I got older, I learned more about Gene Wilder and that he actually wrote the script for that and they collaborated on that. Uh, I, I really, I take a lot of my anxiety acting style from Gene, Gene Wilder is what I like mm-hmm. to say. Uh, so I really look up to old movies, you know, um, and um, Tim Burton was a big influence for me for a while. Uh, anything, you know, punk rock, uh, Mesomorta is obviously inspired by reanimator frankenhooker the bad reanimator yeah yeah this is which is why i do a show called vh smash with my friend will where we talk about like all these movies from the 80s and 90s that weren't like criterion criteria collection but like we still freaking love them anyway uh i like you know and i definitely have uh, a sense of humor and a vision and it's very dark and i'm hoping that in the next few years i'll be able to you know, keep making stuff, keep turning out content, keep uh, showing people that sense of humor, because uh, I think with everyone trying to repeat what's viral right now, individuality and like uh, voices, uh, especially like BIPOC and uh, all those kinds of creators, they're being like stifled. And uh, we uh, I'm hoping that if we can encourage artists to make original content, we'll hear more uh, original ideas and it won't just be carbon copies. So I do, mm. you know, I appreciate all the feedback I get on Mesomorta and it is like a passion project. Um, but, you know, Queen's Gam- Gambit took them, what, 20 years to green light that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that I've been holding onto this character for years now and like changing the concept of it over and over again, but that's just part of filmmaking. That's mm-hmm. being a filmmaker. Uh, I'm hoping to make more uh, horror sketches, uh, horror comedy stuff for the internet uh, to like exercise my muscle. I have ideas for TV shows. I have ideas for reality television shows, all in the reality, all in the uh, horror comedy spectrum. So, um, uh, I have the ideas. I just need uh, mm-hmm. the the people and the support to make them happen. Because uh, filmmaking isn't just one person; it's a bunch of people. It's an army. So yep. well, we're all locked in right now. So we can't really make stuff. <laughs> it's it's um if you can. I mean, that's I've always you know when I was a kid, I used to do um I did two things when I was a kid. The first was I used to make these little movies out of these. I cut slice a piece of paper. I draw scenes on each square and I tape them back together like a reel and I'd put them in a box. The second thing I used to do all the time when I was a kid was 
I would make these audio movies, which were me doing all the voices for all the different characters. On, on and, and I always imagine at some point I'm going to go back to doing that. Um, maybe do a yeah. podcast where I do all the voices. That would um, be good. Yeah. Just with a little magic of editing, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I just haven't, I don't know what's going to be yet. Um, I invested in a vocal processor. So it's sitting here waiting for me to get off my high horse and finally do it at some point. So it's so fun to remember the stuff you did as a kid and mm-hmm. then be like, Oh, connect the dots. Like uh, when I was really little, I would have one of those tape decks where I could record just hit a record button or either talk into it or yep. put it up to the radio. Yep. And uh, I found a mixtape where I interviewed Dracula <laughs> at one point and I played both <laughs> myself and Dracula and I would just have, you know, things that I recorded like Nirvana, uh, Smashing Pumpkins and stuff that I recorded off the radio and back. That's so cool. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? You, oh, yeah. That's- I hope I can. I'm going to see if I can digitize that and um, maybe put it on my Patreon. But it's pretty funny that when you, like, rediscover things that you've done in your youth and just like, oh, I am still cool. You're like, or, wow, that's a never good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you're a kid, you come up with all these great these all these things. Yeah, and you're not worried about what other people think of your ideas. Exactly. There's, there's no, like I actually came across, um, so I came across the first comic book I ever drew. I must've been, uh, let me see. I would have been, uh, 12, I think it was. Oh, wow. It was, it was terrible, <laughs> but hey, it has to be, you were 12, but I, I, I thought it must, I thought I must've thought it was really good because in the middle of the book, I actually took the time to create an order form. <laughs> so someone wanted to buy it. And I'm thinking, hey, entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I was like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. All right. I see. I never thought of the business side of things. Just have to deal with that post-college. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, trust me. I wasn't asking that much. I think, I think, the, I think it was like a, a dollar fifty for twelve issues. That's not really a good return on my investment. Hey, you're just trying to get your audience. Yeah, yeah. This, but yeah, I, I love going back in time and and, and seeing the stuff that I'm actually. Um, I just bought a a VCR, um, so I can actually start digitizing some of my older stuff. Well, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll see it. You'll, you know, I get to see it on uh, online sometime. Um, what well, now's a great opportunity to rediscover yourself yeah yeah because you know it it kind of goes in like the um you know like there's so many new ideas new, so many things happening online now i think the the thing to do is to go back and mm-hmm. you know to to resurrect things from that some good ideas or things that you were doing in the past because it, that's sometimes we just forget about some of those those gold things especially as you know as podcasters we have the ability to kind of resurrect things um, yeah i've actually been thinking about resurrecting an old web series that i did uh in like 2013 to 2015 hmm. uh, called creepy basement uh it's when i was going by my uh stage name but uh with and you know, 
yes, Joe Pincushion. Uh, but with my, you know, help from my patrons, I think I could bring back the series and do it uh, the way that I originally wanted to do it. Mm. You know, when I presented the idea uh, to the people that helped me produce it at the time, it was like, oh, that's too complicated. Let's make it simple. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, I w- at the time I was like, I'll do anything just to like make the content and have help. So I went along, along with, with it. it. And now I'm like, you know what? I have the technology. I have the power. Uh, I should do it the way that I wanted to do it. And uh, I'm very excited to bring it back in. We'll see maybe later this year or maybe 2022. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. I like to interview weird people and creepy people because uh, they're the best interviews. Mm, that, that's, that's, um, that's a good idea. Actually, you should definitely do that because you might, you, you might be surprised at some of the, some of the stuff you find out. What, what, out of the podcast that you've done on Apocalypse Now, um, what was one of the most surprising things you found about doing these podcasts? Uh, we have like conversation. It's very, you know, before the pandemic, we were focusing on just the concept of apocalypse and like, oh, do you think it's happening? Or, oh, what's a different kind of apocalypse if we could talk about dinosaurs or mm. blah, blah, blah. But then once the pandemic started, it turned into a conversation of, you know, what's going on right now? What like documenting life during lockdown and then also questioning what's the future of our industries? What uh, is the future of how we're going to approach life after all of this ends. Um, so, you know, the show is kind of in this like area of, all right, let's just stick it out in this lockdown and, you know, be there for one another. But I'm really hoping that in the future I can answer questions of, you know, what are, what should we do now? A lot of this, I, uh, I teach middle school students and they're very interested in pollution and water pollution and how to uh, conserve you know the the ocean so it's like what can we do to help with the environment what can we do to do social change what can we do to make sure that uh people are being held accountable for uh, their actions so i'm hoping that the uh podcast can still be funny but also uh answer some of these questions and like help us take a few steps forward into our post-apocalyptic world because we are in an apocalypse right now things are changing uh, the world's never going to be the same. And uh, the question is, like, how are we going to approach it? Mm, mm. Yeah, that's that is that is a whole lot of TBD right yeah, there. It, and it's not knowing is is stressful, too. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it, but I don't think I, I think there's there's not really much of a choice in the matter of sorts. So um, we're all in the words of high school musical. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. <laughs> what's, what's coming up next for you? What's, what do you have coming up down the, well, uh, if you want to check out uh, VH Smash and Chromaticast before they are released as audio episodes, we have a few of our live streams on twitch.tv slash apocalypse podcast network. Uh, you can go check out some of those episodes, uh, but we're working on 
turning them into audio episodes for you and we'll launch uh, both of those. Uh, I'm really focusing on my Patreon right now, getting uh, bonus content out there. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Joanna VT, you can get access to commercial free uh, episodes of my podcast. And uh, I'm also trying to release video content every month. And uh, the more support we get, the more content we can chug out. And uh, I also you know, do a lot of educational outreach for people to help teach them all the things I just shit talked, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, because it, we have to use it. We have to figure it out. So, um, you know, supporting me on Patreon, uh, gives me the ability to, you know, pay my bills and also, uh, sit with independent creators and, uh, people that don't have access to technology or have the, uh, knowledge on how to make their own podcast and I can help them create content too. So, uh, you're not just helping me, you're helping the comedy community at large. So, uh, yeah, that's all the stuff I'm working on. Oh, that's all the stuff. It's like, like <laughs> this more <laughs> She's like, oh, that's all the stuff. Um, make movies and TV shows and all that stuff. Oh, before we go, real quick, um, are you on? Are you on Clubhouse? Have you experienced no, Clubhouse yet? Everyone's asking me if I'm on. <laughs> I feel like you're like a natural fit for that. Everyone says that because I have uh, the podcast thing going on. Can I do it on my browser? Or do I have to no, that app? sucks. I do have a tiny microphone, and so, I've been looking for used to use my tiny microphone yeah I, I, I so i finally so first of all it's only on um the iphone okay and i am an android user but darren is also creative so darren went and found a very inexpensive iphone 8 Ooh. and just bought it and or then, what's that clubhouse yep Gosh. <laughs> yeah. And um worth it? just use my phone number from my Android on there for the app and that's it. Hmm. It was it's I to be honest, I got on there because people kept telling me, Darren, you need to be on there. You need to be on there, you need to be on there. So I was like, all right, this sounds stupid, but let me try it anyway. And I gotta say might be worth doing it gosh that and tiktok we'll TikTok see. wait trust me isn't it like you just go into a room and you talk to people? yeah so it is made for people like us it is basically a podcast it, it literally is just a podcast if you think about it with a bunch of people listening which is that's hmm. why i was just like as a podcaster you know Hmm. you're looking for the audience there it is a good audience that's the thing is like where's my audience who are they yeah well like um so what i i'm planning on trying to i'm going to do an experiment probably in about a week or two i'm going to experiment with a room and see what happens and then from there you know who knows so. You could just, if you're on, I hear if you're on Clubhouse for five hours a day, just talking, you can get a whole lot of followers. I, I've been on, I'm on there very spare. Okay. So here's the thing. So the first week I was on there, I just went in and listened to rooms. I just, cause I didn't know anybody. Yet. And I had a few people follow me, the people that I knew. And from that point forward, it's, I don't know how it happened. But someone read my profile because you have a profile you fill out and 
it exponentially grew from there. And then so the the week after that Monday, I went to go on in a room just to listen. And next thing I know, they're pulling me up on stage. They're, oh yeah, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So it can grow quite quickly. Like it just takes because it's a it's an interesting concept. What they basically did was like on Instagram, you have followers, right? Yeah. But the difference is when you when someone follows you, whenever you go into a room, they get a notification saying, hey, so-and-so is in this room speaking. And oh. so, and so it, it pulls people together based on who you're following. So if you're following somebody and they follow you and they end up speaking in like a ton of rooms, you're always getting invited to rooms. You're always getting, and those people then follow you. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's a little crazy, <laughs> but. Well, like I said, I do have a tiny microphone that plugs into my phone. And that's what I'm saying. There you go. Because mm-hmm. I can't my do phone. it, you know, doing a podcast without my face filter, AKA my microphone. <laughs> uncalled for yeah oh and here's the here's the thing that we'll probably not enjoy is that the room i feel i think the technology has a safeguard against people recording unless it's the person who's the admin on the group oh so and when you do you have to let people know that you're recording but if I so like if I go into a room and say, "Oh, this is an interesting conversation. Let me record it," it won't let me do it. Mm-hmm. I've tried several times. I was in a room with Wesley Snipes, and what? I wanted, yeah, and I wanted to record it because I wanted to listen to it. Nope, wouldn't let me do it. They want you there, just like all the other apps. They want you there. Yeah, they want you there. I don't want to be there though. I know. <laughs> I'm enough being there. So now I don't go on the app as much because every time I go in the room, someone tries to pull me up. You're on really stage. selling it right now. <laughs> That's my job. We're all just like, yeah, these are these things that we need to do to promote ourselves and they're stupid and we hate them, but we're going to do I know, <laughs> but... Yeah. I'll look into it. I I think you... I think from a... a um, the environment. I think you, your, your podcast yourself would do really well on there. Yeah. I'll just, just so, think about what I want to talk about. That's the thing. So that's why I don't go on there. Cause I don't know what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. You have to find your niche, which is another thing that we could talk for a whole other hour about how I hate it when people tell me that. Yeah. Find my niche. I got your niche. Whittle yourself, whittle your personality down to the bare minimum because that's the only way we'll ever be interested in you. That's what I hear when people say niche down. I'll just, um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. It's not my niche. We're multifaceted artists, people. Yeah. Don't, try, do to, don't try to nail us down to one thing. That's right. Tomorrow I'm talking about composting. I don't know. Um, I'm going to watch the movie Salsa this weekend and then talk about Lady Gaga's paparazzi oh. on Friday. Oh, very good. See? Very Podcasting good. is where it's at. Have you met Lady Gaga yet? Yet? No, not yet. The, that's the point of the show. The point of the show is that um, it's not for her fans. It's for her to listen and then for me and Callie to eventually meet her. Okay. And to get tickets to the Chromatica Ball. So, 
then you definitely need to be on Clubhouse. Yeah, we probably should. Because, yeah, I've I've already met at least three A-listers. Oh, see, then you have to get those A-listers and bring them onto the podcast. That's I'm, yeah, see, that's my thing, right? That's what I'm I need just... to do. Yeah, I guess I because that's what I um that's I would love to talk to more. Everyone would, wouldn't they? I'd love to talk yeah. to more celebrities on their show. But yeah, I have a few. I have a wish list. Yeah, me too. I've who's your number one? Oh, my number one. On your uh, wish list. Actually, you know what my number one is? Oh, my number one. Absolutely. It's Tom Hanks. Oh, cool. Tom Hanks, number one. Because he's we refer I reference him on at least one or two of our podcasts all the time. So he's a great interview too. That would be a great episode. So Tom, if you're listening. Tom, come on, man. I uh, I would love to talk to Stephen Colbert about the end of the world. Oh, Stephen Colbert. He is so funny. He's so hilarious. You ever seen that? Um, you ever seen that sketch with him and um, uh, uh, um, the, you ever see the sketch called The Waiters? Yes. From, Where were uh, they? Yeah. The waiters that uh, they're disgusted by the items on the menu. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who else is in that sketch? Um, um, Steve Carell's in that, I Steve think. Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a great sketch. so funny. Uh, it's a great documentary. Uh, I think it's on Hulu. It's about the Dana Carvey show. If you love yeah. comedy, check that out. It, some parts of it, like I was laughing my ass off watching it. Dana Carvey's under, he's underrated. A lot of people. Absolutely. He's very funny dude. Dana Carvey, if you want to come on my show, absolutely. Let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah, you should definitely. That would be, you know what? Who's your second Who's your second person that you'd want on, on the show? Oh, second? Uh, I think it would probably uh, have to be, you know, uh, you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to, like, run through my list in my head. Or I did, how about just anybody that you think it doesn't have to be like in the order, but you know. I mean, I've been trying to uh, talk to Henry Zabrowski. I've been trying to get a hold of him from last podcast on the left because he knows a lot about UFOs mm. and I don't know as much about UFOs. So mm. I would love to talk to him about aliens because yes, they, I think absolutely they're real. Are mm. they here? I don't know. Why haven't we? Why I, I'm surprised that we didn't get a big reveal last year. It was a missed opportunity, aliens. You could have had your grand entrance. And no one, you know, what have been would have been funny. They kept come down and like walked around town and then left. No one would have believed anything because it was no. because it was 2020. People were like, oh yeah, right. Okay. I got really excited when they found like random. Um, plates of steel like in utah it was an artist knows a promotion for some stupid brand it wasn't aliens i was so disappointed is that why they based is that is so is that uh that tv show based off of that um um i just started watching it today um debris on on nbc where oh yeah so so it's a show basically about like this these metal pieces are being found all over the place, mm-hmm. but they all have like these weird properties and they believe it's from an alien spaceship that probably here's my actual belief on aliens. I mm-hmm. think they're absolutely real mm-hmm. and uh, they 
are around and they just want to make sure that we don't leave our spinning rock and go out. As soon as we start like exploring is when there's going to, they're going to be like, uh, uh, mm. uh, uh, I think that's, they're just keeping us in Trying check. to keep us here. I mean, look at us during a pandemic. Like we don't follow health standards. Mm. You know, people are, they're, they're, uh, what's this summer going to be like? They are breaking up fights in Miami right now because yeah. people are out on spring break. It's going to be pandemonium. Aliens are like watching us going, oh my God, these people. Keep those people on their planet. Keep them there. No, Elon Musk, you're not going to Mars. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> so we're like the homeless dude that roams around on the subway train for the aliens? We're like the neighbor that um, still has like antennas on their roof and like uh, uh, does broadcast television and keeps to themselves and that you don't want to go trick-or-treating to on Halloween. And they've I think got that's who we are. Paps blue ribbon beer cans <laughs> out there on yeah, I get tons it. of pink flamingos on the lawn. Tons of them. Oh, well, we're a bad neighbor. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I mean, our our environment's pretty bad. Like, don't you wish we were the neighbor that like kept their house clean and like landscaped their lawn? Yeah. No, yeah. we're not that. No, we're definitely not that. <laughs> no. We are far from that. We haven't been that. Uh, ever <laughs> so yeah i used to have a bit where uh people think that aliens you know trained us how to do crops and and irrigation and things like that uh but i just imagine aliens coming down and being like no nope. why is it so much warmer here like what did you do this place where are all the dodo birds mm, they're like what happened to all the big dinosaur thingies yeah. where are all those ice caps that we had here to keep things good. Yeah. Couldn't you imagine that though? If you're an alien, you know the history of this planet and seeing what it's like now. Yeah, I can imagine them going, nah. We yeah, good. I've been you telling everyone, good. you know, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. A lot of Star Trek. And uh Gene Roddenberry, especially in Next Gen, it's a very uh, optimistic view of human of humans and the human race. Very. We are not headed that way. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're not even cool. I love Star Trek. I love that, like, when you go back and you watch it as an adult, it's very interesting to see the philosophy of, you know, diplomacy, um, communication, and, and, you know, they had, like, they had a mental health person, like, at anyone's disposal on the starship. And, like, yeah. that just doesn't happen for normal people on the planet. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't think we're headed to the stars anytime soon. That sucks. I was hoping they would get there before I, you know, got too old to care. Um, but I, I could wait. You know, I, I would wait for the aliens to reveal themselves because they are pretty terrifying. Mm. Okay. You don't know what kind of alien you're dealing with. Yeah, that's true. It couldn't. Yeah. Again, and I watch a lot of sci-fi. And me, yeah, me too. Don't. It's like the only thing that I. This the one thing that, no matter what 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 day it is, what time it is, I can watch sci-fi, anytime, any place. So I've it's learned amazing. a little bit about that for myself. This. Yeah, I don't trust and aliens, and I don't trust robots. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you watch sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. They, I get very nervous at the idea of having to rely on technology very heavily for like uh like 
living or like eating because mm. all of our stuff glitches all the time. Yeah, well, we are kind of stupid too. Like we we do tend to build stuff without thinking about the ramifications. No, we don't. So the last thing I need to be is battling terminators. Yeah. All these algorithms, the Smexa, which I have sitting over there so she doesn't go off. Uh, it messes up all the time. It can't get me what I want most of the time. I don't trust it. I don't want to rely on robots. I don't trust them. But that's where we're headed. We are headed on having robot assistants, probably. I'm not talking about you, Google Assistant. Uh, <laughs> trying to get me killed? Sorry. <laughs> well, this was fun. Um, I had so much fun. This was great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and you should come, you should come on our download podcast. I think you would have an absolute ball when my co-host is not being a dick. Um, uh, Hey, sometimes a lot of people are feeling podcast burnout right now. I'm seeing. I purposely will try to give myself a much time because i told you i'm doing five last time we did our um your your show i was doing five podcasts yeah i'm now up to seven. Oh my god yeah i'm so someone needs to sit you down and talk to you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good that would be a, a really funny uh episode of intervention be like yeah he podcasts like 18 hours a day <laughs> he's like I mean, seriously, dudes, like every time I turn on Facebook, his face is there. It's um, like you're at the dinner table with like a microphone in front of you doing ASMR. It's like no one needs your ASMR right now. That Let's would be actually really sketch. a funny sketch. <laughs> that would be a funny sketch. Actually, um, that's a podcast, right? You could do podcast interventions. You could. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's your, there's your eighth podcast. I know, you right? You see? See how it works? Good friends. Um, we're not, we'll do like uh, not real interventions, but like uh, roommates that don't clean up dishes. We'll bring mm -hmm. people on. Be like, look, you don't pull your weight when it comes to make doing the dishes. That's a good idea, though. Right? So like a. I'm trying to think of like what would be the podcast version of like, do you remember uh, morning zoos used to do like war of the roses? Oh yeah. Or like prank stuff. Yeah. Can you do that on a podcast? I guess you could. Right. How did they get away with that? Calling people and not having permission to have their yeah. stuff aired on. <laughs> well, I, I thought about that too. I, I thought about creating a podcast um, that was called spontaneous and what it would be. It was just, me just randomly calling people and doing a podcast on right there, just like, you know, and seeing what happened. But with my friends, they'd be like, they, bye. Yeah. They would be like, yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, this was, this was fun. Um, you're going to, we'll make sure that we post all your links where you can, everyone can follow where Joanna is doing her thing. Um, and um and uh you can you should come out come back anytime you like and yeah. i'll be happy to to come on anything tell me i'll be there <laughs> thank you so much 